and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the internet's best radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the debut album from Remy Wolf, which is named after her dog Juno and starts with a song called Liquor Store. years old and she's from Palo Alto and this is her first album after a couple of EPs that kind of blew up she's really been getting more and more popular this this past year and in fact we looked up the next time she's playing in San Francisco and her Regency Ballroom show in January is already sold out and the tickets are the scalper tickets are going for like a hundred bucks each so she's obviously had a meteoric rise yeah it is pretty crazy that I mean, we, I think this is interesting because we talked about our last episode was about very much a pandemic album and a rehab album. This is also a pandemic album and a rehab album, but that was a second album. This is a first album and it's a pretty weird place to start, but also great that she is sober, although obviously singing with a sense of humor about what she's gone through in this song and... Yeah, just I go to the liquor store and I want more. Well, I'm wanting she, more. And she has said that this song is also about the way that she realized her addictive tendencies interlock with her insecurity in relationships. And so it's kind of all of those things. And she felt felt that this was a very personal song, even though it's a total like sing along party song. Yeah, exactly. So she's figured you figured this stuff out before blowing up. And that's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it is such a fun sound. It's all built around that just blasted out funk hook. And then she's got her vocals, which are very bright. Everything is, as far as I know, this is self-produced with her and her friend uh, Jared Solomon. And it's if you look at the, them, it's just them working together. And it's that what you can do now with modern technology and the pandemic. And I think this song she says she wrote after sober for four months, still figuring it out. But... Uh, what I love too is this is so kind of poppy, but I it's a really strange structure because it kind of is this kind of mirror image where it starts with something that sounds like a chorus, a couple of verses, then the bridge, and then two more verses, and then the chorus. So it has this very symmetrical structure that is not a traditional pop song. I like it. Yeah, she went to music school at USC, and she says that that is when her creativity really blossomed because she lived in a big house with a bunch of classmates, and they were just kind of jamming and playing music all day and 
um, you know, she's she's obviously got a lot of training and chops because these songs are pretty complicated, even though they're super fun and blown out and silly in a lot of ways. And I think the silliness is evident in the second track, which we'll play next, which is called Anthony Kiedis. Everything shut down, yeah, and I don't have friends anymore. Everything's so cloudy, yeah, and I don't have feelings. I've seen my family dynamics like a red hot chili pepper. I love my family intrinsically, like Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, everything's so whack when I turn my back, my life shuts down. silly with the red hot chili pepper anthony kiedis link and lots of silly video or silly lyrics like the uh middle-aged soccer mommy doing part-time on and off pilates but on the other hand in interviews it's like well she'd read about anthony kiedis actually having this super messed up relationship with his family and talking about that i guess in his uh memoirs and she's like yeah well my family maybe not that messed up, but bumpy, but I still love them. So it's about sort of unconditional love, even under rocky circumstances. So it's it's got a serious message and a serious heart. Yeah, she's got three younger siblings, and so I'm sure that was a lot of chaos. But she has talked in interviews about how she's actually a very serious and intense person. And this the music is her way to kind of like let loose. And you listen to this album and it just seems so fun and light that you would think that she's just kind of your regular pop star, but she really does have a lot of depth. And she was, she got into competitive ski racing starting when she was eight years old and competed for like eight years and represented the United States in the youth Olympics. And she said, you know, she decided to stop because it was kind of like, well, you, you either double down and get even more intense to try and go for the adult Olympics or you try and have like a normal teenage life. And so that's what she decided to do. But she said she kind of took that intensity and commitment and poured that into her music. And you can really tell. Yeah. And also got the really inappropriate nickname from her coach when she was a kid uh, of Rem Job, which she now has reclaimed and now that's the name for her fans and they love it apparently so it's silly and vulgar and yet suffused with joy and seriousness as all of these tracks are and i think the energy level stays super high as this next track will play it's called gorilla
effects are kind of they're funny but some of them are just a little bit nonsensical and she talks about how she just kind of goes with what her body feels should be the right things to say and not necessarily what her brain wants and so it ends up being a little bit silly and especially with all those kind of video game effects like the 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 boings and the hey and the little interjections that just make it such a well-produced song it just make it gives it a really light feeling no, I love this, and yet there's still these moments of I love like it, it sounds so produced, but then we get kind of this chorus section where it really lets her voice shine, mm-hmm. and when she really kind of belts it out, and it's like oh she's got a really strong voice, and like okay you understand why she made it to Hollywood on American Idol before saying I'm out of here because yeah it's really strong when she lets it be, but she doesn't feel like she needs to show off, which is awesome. And yeah, the the energy of this is great. And I think this is my time to point out also, I just this aesthetic that she has through her music extends into the visuals where her entire style is very much kind of funky outfits and these giant fuzzy hats. And then like this video for this song, as well as the video for Liquor Store, has this insane like plush world neon colors yeah it's bright colors and fuzzy and kind of just weird angles and i think she's talked about you know peewee's playhouse but then it's also just got this very it is not a kid's show it's like there's these parties and liquor stores and you know bad stuff is happening even if it's all cute and fuzzy yeah, she has said that her she works with a visual artist who's kind of one of her collaborators on the videos. And she said the goal is to escape the spiral and be that breezy all the time. And there's a quote from her in, in an interview where she says, it takes a lot of work. I'd love to live a very carefree life. I know it's not going to happen all the time, but that's the end goal. And that's, I think, what the videos embody. Yeah, and I think that you talk about her, you know, coming up with, with the lyrics and they're just like, oh, what are my body feeling? And I feel like the next track we'll play is the quintessential, like you get the sense that she was in the studio just throwing out craziness. And I think she's <laughs> talked about it. It's it's very manic, very crazy, very funny, and a total blast. It's called Quiet On Set. Quiet On Set. Funny. I've been taking my bets. Funny. I've been paying my debts. Love it. I've been stealing Corvettes. Stunning. Quiet On Set. is nothing but a smile on my face i think a, it's great that she goes you know basically full rap on this track 
and it's so layered with silly pop culture reference and LA having a day job in your 20s might involve working on a set of maybe an unsavory film and I think oh yeah this is fun and then I hear oh I want to postmates Chuck E. Cheese which is the most absurd concept there ain't no Chuck E. Cheese in Los Feliz yes which is it's a great rhyme it's absurd and I I can't listen to the song without a giant smile on my face I love the killing me killing me returning as this super intense like where the sound starts cutting out and this you know which we saw a little on gorilla and here too where she takes these you know the processed vocals turning the vocals into percussion and all the beats on this record are fantastic they're so propulsive and fun and i assume this is all just synthetic so there's no drummer that's listed as a credit yeah, I mean, I, I sure lots of samples and they don't, the credits are just, as that I, the only credits I've been able to find is basically her, Jared Solomon, and then a handful of other producers on one or other, one yeah. or the other track. Um, like bringing in like hand claps and snaps and all these other percussive elements. Or, or just guys shouting like, whoa, in the background. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, there's always a great texture. Um, and then after, again, this like very funny, silly, manic song about the joys of having a day job. Then there's the totally distressing outro where it's like this story about being like a, a exploited baby child. It's really distressing and weird. And I don't, yeah, there's a lot going on. And this is one I think she's promised though that the live, live it's going to be even more amazing and more crazy. So those of you who have tickets can look forward to that. So the next song we'll play is called Volcano. You break my heart when I always see you coming away. to have these songs right next to each other as we talk about them because the difference between Quiet on the Set which is almost just kind of straight rapping and Volcano where she's singing in a really melodic way really shows her range and I think it's worth noting that she started out doing acapella singing with a couple friends when she was a kid and that was how she first realized she could make music as a career was they were like busking at some art fair and they were out there for two hours and they made like 180 bucks, which was just an unfathomable amount of money to her when she was like 16 years old. And she was like, hey, I could do this for a living. Yeah, you could definitely buy some leotards with that money. And this, yeah, the leotards and other forms of extravagance. Uh, I love that this is a, a kind of breakup song talking about the maybe getting a little carried away with the I'm free. I can do all this crazy stuff now that I'm single. And yet there's a joy to it, even with the sadness. Uh, I love to, yeah, that the style of the stripped down kind of Latin jazz guitar mm -hmm. and 
only as the song goes on do you get a little more of the layering of the effects but it still is mostly anchored on that guitar sound until the very end of the song where then it becomes like a very super processed very much more conventional pop song with you know I, I think I don't know if it's completely successful but I like that it's trying something and taking this journey musically he even at the very beginning you have the acoustic guitar layered with kind of those video game noises and then this electronic squelching that just give it a little bit more depth yeah there's a lot a lot of oomph here and we go from this song of so long and good riddance to uh you know i think a, a little more violent imagery on this next track called front tooth I saw a peanut for the wolf at the show. I saw this grow, getting a taste for the relevant. Running around town in the know. Boys, men, most high five drives, bumping my best friend shit. a touchy thing to write a song about how tough it is to get famous but I think that this song is very relatable and that it can apply to it kind of reads as like a bad relationship or just getting something that you wanted and realizing that it it, your life's not perfect and it's not going to complete you yeah and it is I think the hope here know is squeezed though between i love that this starts with just the sounds of what sounds like an alley fight guys getting punched uh-huh. glass bottles getting broken yeah conor mcgregor being an mma champion well yeah it goes from the yeah fight in the alley to a fight in the championship and the octagon and in both cases it sucks and you're probably gonna lose a tooth and yet you keep going you keep fighting and uh maybe find the happiness so it's it's a it's sweet it's 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 one of the yeah but it is one of the more contemplative tracks on the record i'd say this is i think my favorite track on the record because it's so restrained and yet she really lets her voice go and i think she pushes her voice the most on this song and it's so raw and it doesn't it almost becomes like grating when she's really belting it out but it's it it expresses her emotion so well and it shows that she really can belt it out like that. Yeah, no, I love the energy where she's, yeah, after going through this and this notion of like, yeah, I just went through, I got through the ringer. I'm just going to take a shower and let the water wake me back (laughs) up and get back out there. And so it is, it's it's a downer, but I think it's, no, it's, it, it is ultimately hopeful that, yeah, your life is good and you can keep pushing out there. And maybe get out and meet the kind of people who are described in this next track, which is called Grumpy Old Man. I'm so defensive that I think so further that I do not know about. Yeah. I'm so defensive, I get caught up in the modern day, the fishing net that's pulling at my feet. I'm so defensive, I got bongos thumping in my chest 
self-aware take on she might be in her mid-20s but she already is aware that sometimes she feels like the cranky old man and it's such a you know good again the, the sense of humor about herself to be able to write an entire song about you know, like ah I, there's stuff happening i don't understand and she's 25 what is it that she doesn't get at this point it starts with that bass line which is so catchy and yeah. that definitely sounds like a live bass line and the percussion sounds live to me in this song well but, yeah she, yeah i think there's i mean i feel like there's some bongos in there and then she later name drops mm-hmm. like hey, i got these bongos in my yeah there's a lot of or a lot this is a very organic sounding song yeah, and the production does feel very like a, a song about feeling like a kind of out of it. It's sort of the most old fashioned, like it feels uh, almost like a '60s kind of vibe to it, which is really cute. And I love that it's it's just got that earworm quality of the the kind of very short, catchy. The I mean, the, the baseline is really just what hooks you in. Short, catchy, uh, earwormy bit that will just get stuck with you. And then this shout along chorus, just so great to sing along to. This one is made for being stuck in your head for days or weeks yeah so i i might be a, an old man but i'm a little less grumpy after listening to this song so from this we go to i think uh the end of this album we get a sort of nice pair of songs about that are more just purely about relationship feelings and so we'll start with yeah, the penultimate track it's called buzz me in my tears taste like you it's just like salt and wine Like wasted time We can dance around it and lie, lie, lie Tell me pigs can fly Say you always be could be you know any indie pop track that that is of a very different style than some of the you know than quite on set for example and she's just really got so much so much potential to explore a lot of different styles and that's what i love about this album yeah i think she is i think pretty omnivorous you know the interviews about her different musical tastes the stuff she was listening to and yeah it's a lot of like modern pop but also listening to old like i think some of these tracks like yeah we were listening to a bunch of hall and oats tracks mm-hmm. and that's net, that really influenced them and um 
and it is clear that she wants to take all these influences and then mix them up. So it's like, oh, I might hear a little snippet that's like, oh, that actually sounded super like another album we did, the Janelle Monae, mm -hmm. where it's like the straight uh, straight ahead soul singing. And then a little here where she gets super, you know, the high pinched voice. And it's like, hey, it kind of sounds like Grimes, but less annoying. And clearly mixing it up though, that so that it doesn't sound like she's quoting anyone. And, and I think that the real proof of that or the sort of validation for her is that another artist who I think does is known for the same thing of Beck as apparently a big fan and yeah. actually participated in a remix album where some of our earlier EPs, then a bunch of way better known artists are like, oh, this is a talent we want to work with yeah. and did remixes. And also speaking of people we've done uh, episodes on, I love that apparently her big break or one of her big breaks before she'd even been signed was that Still Woozy um, heard we her music. About a few podcasts yeah, ago. and heard her music back way back in 2019. It's like, yeah, I want this woman to open for me on my tour. And it's one of those crazy like inversions of a rising star that she was opening for him in 2019. And then I think opening for Lord next year. Oh, wow. So a little bit of a pivot in a uh, uh, profile there. Yeah. It's, it's easy to do pastiche. And I think we've talked about this quite a bit in, you know, the context of, for example, artists like the war on drugs who really mine the eighties for sounds and you can, and not saying anything bad about any of them, but you can take these sounds that are a mixture of a lot of different things and then use them as the foundation for creating your own stuff. And this album reminds me a lot of one of my favorite books this year, which is No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. And it really captures the sensation of kind of being in this moment of chaos and growing up with the internet and having everything, all of the information, all of the music, everything at your disposal all the time and how that kind of changes you. And I was thinking that if she's 25 now, she was born in 1996, the year I graduated from college. And, um, you know, growing up in an era when there you, you, you never knew a time when you had to like go to the record store and try and hunt down some out of print copy. Yeah. Everything has always been available to you. Yeah. And, you know, obviously she has a lot of weight on her shoulders and already went through rehab because apparently her coping mechanisms were not totally healthy, but now she's stronger. She has a major label contract with Island freshly this year. Which is crazy. And at least in interviews, she seems to think that like, yeah, I talked to them and I'm going to have creative control over my image. They're not going to try and remake me into some generic pop star. And thank goodness, because what she is and what she makes is it's unique and, yeah, and special. I think if you're a talented A&R person, you recognize that if you tried to smooth out her edges and make her into just another pop star that was more mainstream, she would lose what is interesting and fantastic about her. Yeah, so hopefully it's the best of both worlds. She'll get that independence, but also getting the big boost, the big uh, a bus driving around LA with her face on it and <laughs> other crazy stuff happening. That Yeah, that she's getting that push, getting the great opening slots, playing festivals in South America next year, and just, yeah, getting out there. And it's, it's really exciting. And yeah, there's always that just getting to see an artist who really thinks like, okay, this is, she's going to be something big. Yeah. Hopefully she'll be at South by Southwest this year. Well, I think the thing is like, she's playing those festivals in South America, like Aww. in mid to late March. So yeah. maybe not. And already like, that's a place where she, people go to be discovered. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say she would have been, it would have been great for her to play at South by Southwest last year if it had happened. Oh, wow. So we're going to go out with the last song in the album, which is called Street You Live On. 
And we've been discussing the debut album from Remy Wolf called Juno. And we didn't even talk about the fact that it's named after her dog who was adopted during the pandemic. It is a pandemic album for a (laughs) pandemic puppy. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thank you so much for listening. member of the bff.fm podcast network learn more at podcast.bff.fm bff.fm best frequencies forever